Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. As those arriving in the UK from five more countries, including France, are told to isolate for 14 days, we're asking which country's next on the quarantine list. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. For thousands of Britons enjoying their French holidays, attention soon turned from which plage to visit to how to get back to the UK sharpish after France was named as one of the countries added to the government's red list. It means that from 4am on Saturday, people arriving in the UK from France will have to self-isolate for 14 days. More than 150,000 Britons were thought to be in the country when the measure was announced. France's cumulative 14-day total of COVID-19 cases is 32 per 100,000 people, well above the quarantine threshold of 20. The UK's figure by comparison is 18.5. When asked if it would be a better idea to test people on arrival back to the UK, a method used by countries such as Germany to avoid quarantines, Transport Secretary Grant Schaap said this wasn't a reliable method. Testing on return isn't quite as straightforward as it sounds, um, because if you test somebody who's asymptomatic, in other words, they, they don't think they've got anything, but may in fact have it, on day one on their return, uh, then it would probably only uh, capture a very small percentage. Um, some uh, scientists have suggested perhaps only 7% of actual cases. To discuss what the French quarantine measures mean for an already struggling travel industry, whether France is likely to impose a reciprocal quarantine, and which other countries are teetering on the brink of their own quarantine measures, I gave The Telegraph's deputy travel editor, Ben Rossacool, and I started by asking him whether he was surprised by the addition of France to the red list. Look, the path was well trodden in a way. We've seen this sort of thing before, but it's still from a from a travellers and a travel industry point of view, uh, a devastating blow. You know, France is our nearest neighbour. And the sense that was from my point of view, and I think lots of other people's point of view, that if anywhere was safe to book a holiday, given the arrival of travel corridors um, earlier in the year, it was probably going to be France, you know, with, with, with ferries and trains offering options for people who had been put off flying in the sense that this was a country that we understood that we could get to grips with easily and, and travel to relatively simply. Ben, there will be some people who decide that two weeks indoors is worth it for some time in the sun and a bit of vin rouge. Mm. But what people I think are much less likely to stomach would be a reciprocal quarantine. So that would mean that they'd have to isolate in France for two weeks on arrival as well before isolating upon their return to the UK. How likely is that looking at the moment? I think it's looking increasingly likely that there will be some sort of 
reciprocal quarantine uh, measures from from France. I mean, I, I would have thought the optics, in a way, almost almost require it. I, I, there was a tweet earlier from France's European Affairs Minister, um, at, and he he said that uh, I'm, I'm just having a look here. Yes, it will lead to a reciprocal measure, but that he hoped for a return to normal right. as soon as possible. And you can take that how, how you will. I, I, it, to, to an extent, I don't see that a reciprocal measure for any, for anyone who doesn't already have a holiday booked, if you see what I mean, would ha- would have a huge practical impact for the UK holidaymaker. You know, the FCO advice has changed. You know, it says you can't go uh, for anything but essential travel. So French holidays are looking harder, you know, in a way whichever government is offering the advice. It, it might well be, yes, if, if, if the French government does decide to introduce, introduce uh, an equivalent two-week quarantine upon arrival, that would obviously have a huge impact on holidaymakers. It might have less of an impact on people who were simply returning home to see family. Uh, I, I would hope that that these decisions aren't being based on that. At the moment, the French spike in coronavirus is higher than the UK. So, that, so there's an argument that, that you need a degree of asymmetry there. Um, it, it's, it's interesting that um, the Dutch, uh, who also went on on the list um, uh, yesterday, have, have ruled out uh, any reciprocal uh, uh, mm. measures, which I think just sort of show, serves to show just how you know groovy the Dutch are. <laughs> One of many things that go to show how groovy exactly. the Dutch are. Then anyone hoping to get away somewhere other than, say, their back garden or the British countryside, the beautiful British countryside that is really Absolutely seeing lovely. a resurgence, they'll be watching this red list like a hawk. Which other countries are looking likely to be added next? And in fact, what is the threshold? Well, Grant Shapps has said that the threshold is um, is 20 per 100,000 caseload for COVID. Um, I think we saw, I mean, it's interesting in terms of, in terms of new um, countries that are coming aboard. The, the, the key thing with this uh, awful virus is that, is that, is that spikes go up and, and, and then they, and then they recede again. So we've seen, we've seen spikes across Europe, uh, even during the period of the, of the travel uh, corridors. Mm. And that's why we saw Spain go on the list. That's why Portugal, tragically, from my point of view, has, has not managed to. Yes, it's, to, it's to still any, on it, isn't it? Yet, yet it's, it's considerably lower at the moment than France or, or, or Spain. We saw Andorra going back. We've now seen France. We've seen the Netherlands. In t- you know, if you're looking at the twenty per hundred thousand uh, number, and you're you're anxious about where you might be going, then the the watch list at the moment is places like uh, Switzerland, which I think we pre- previously thought were enormously safe, but they're now at about fourteen per hundred thousand. Right. Um, there's a bit of a spike in Denmark, fifteen per hundred thousand. There's there's some smaller places that where you sort of imagine the statistics might not apply to such a, to such a great extent because well a they're they're potentially not not places that we're going to but also they're so small that the statistics will throw up anomalies places like um San Marino and and Gibraltar are all way above the 20, 20 mark at the moment but you can see that perhaps that might be just to do with local issues in, in terms of places that that we that are currently uh, availing themselves well that we have travel corridors with that are very low. Um, Italy, you know, uh, extraordinary, you know, given, given the fact that Italy was the sort of announcement for the, the full awfulness of coronavirus for us yeah, right at the beginning around. of the outbreak, their, their numbers are very low at the moment, down, down to sort of 4.7, I think. And then other, other I mean, I, I had a tremendous holiday in Slovenia last year. I recommend it heartily and um, it's at 3.9. Okay. Okay, so there is still a chance for holiday for those who are looking to travel and who who do feel comfortable doing that. Then it's at this point in the podcast where I have something to admit, which is that I'm one of those Britons who heard the warning signs and um, decided to chance it. And I'm currently booked on a flight to France this weekend. Okay. 
So I have a very vested interest in your next answer, which is what rights do people have if they were traveling to France and they want to cancel their holiday? Um, I'm going to bring up Spain again. Um, when, when, when the Spain announcement came uh, out, uh, one, of the, one of the good things about it was that lots of people were going on package holidays. It's a destination that people tend to buy, buy accommodation and flights at the same time. Not always, but there, but there is more of a, an aspect to that. And if that happens, if you're on a package holiday, basically a change in, in circumstance like a country uh, being applied to the FCO list again is such that the conditions of that package have changed measurably. And therefore, basically, they, they, they are cancelled. You know, and that's if you booked a car and a flight or if you booked a, an accommodation and a flight. And you should be entitled in a normal run of things to a refund of the total amount or a voucher if that if that's your choice or a rebooking. Now, France, in comparison, is a slightly tricky destination. I suspect you may well have bought a flight and also separate accommodation. And um, I did. Uh, when when that happens, um, one would normally be thinking about holiday insurance. But of course, holiday insurance taken out after the, the COVID pandemic became a known issue is unlikely to cover you when you try and unpick that, particularly, I think, from an accommodation perspective. Um, I think on the, on, the, on the plus side, flights and ferries, uh, you know, they're all still operating. And in principle, if you, if, if in, in the old days, if you didn't show up, you'd just lose that booking. However, you know, ferry operators, um, they're all being very, very flexible and allowing changes right up to the time you leave in terms of postponement or rebooking. And flight providers throughout this awful, awful business have, have shown themselves in principle to be very good at, at offering, if not money back, at least a voucher or rebooking option. I would say, though, Theodora, that if, if, you, if you do desi- decide to persist with uh, flying to France, which sounds like a lovely idea, remember that you, you aren't necessarily going to be covered by holiday insurance. Because uh, when the FCO advice changes to all but uh, to being against all but essential travel, you're on your own from that point of view. You'll have your EHIC card, I hope, which is still valid uh, and, until we eventually leave the EU at the end of the year, which which would help for medical assistance. But everything else, you're pretty much on your own. And now, of course, when you come back, you'll have to be filling in the necessary location paperwork to show where you'll be staying when you get back into the UK, and you'll have to remain in quarantine as per government instructions. And if you fail to do that, you uh, will have to stump up a grand. So think about it. Gosh, this is a real benefit of the job is getting this very personalised advice. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I I hope that that's helped other listeners, although I hope other listeners were less foolish than me and saw the signs coming and did something about it earlier. All this talk of cancellations um, and rebooking flights makes me think of the already decimated tourism industry. What effect do you think that this French decision will have on an already struggling sector? I, I think this is this is pretty much the worst case scenario they'd have ever thought that, that the travel industry would have thought of at the beginning of the year. I mean, that would be the beginning of the pandemic. The um, the fundamental thing, though, is that is the reduction in in confidence that people will have that, that, that the traveling public will have. I mean. What we what what the travel industry wants to get to is a point where people start to realise that if the if the COVID rate is uh, the same or below your 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 native destination, really travelling abroad should 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 be something that you should absolutely be considering and doing. You know, you, no, no one wants to to risk themselves in a place where there is an out of control outbreak of coronavirus. But equally, um, from a travel industry point of view, applying very large blanket bans like this, and especially having having a sort of rolling update each week where 
the good news might happen or the bad news might happen. It's really difficult for planning. It's really difficult to instill confidence in consumers. And, uh, and, and it is, you know, there's, I don't think there's any way we can beat about the bus. It's having a, a devastating effect on the, on the travel industry. You, you've probably seen, but I mean, from a, from a travel industry perspective, what they're really hoping for is a measure of, of, of locality applied to, to travel arrangements. If we're, if we're um, living with the coronavirus for, for months, for years, you know, who knows if it becomes something that is simply always part of our lives, then it's not going to be able to be dealt with in this very broad brushstroke way. It's going to have to be far more nuanced from government. And that's really the only way I think that, um, that the travel industry will be able to manage things. Because as we move into the, the lower season at the end of the year, we, we, I think we will inevitably see um, insolvencies in the sector, which is terribly, terribly sad. And obviously from a, from a professional and personal point of view, I, I very much don't want to see. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. Theatres, casinos and bowling alleys will be allowed to reopen in England from this weekend as the government resumes its easing of lockdown restrictions. From Saturday the 15th of August, socially distanced audiences will also be allowed back into indoor venues, while wedding receptions of up to 30 people will also be permitted. Coronavirus infections in England have levelled off after increasing in July, according to the Office for National Statistics. The organisation found an estimated 28,300 people in private households in England had COVID-19 in the week to the 9th of August. That's around 0.05% of the population and the same number as the week before. The figures don't include people staying in hospitals, care homes or other institutional settings. If you'd like more details on either of those stories, you'll find links to articles with everything you need to know in the episode description. And if you haven't already made the very sensible decision to become a Telegraph subscriber and you get hit by our pesky paywall, well, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio, where listeners can get 30 days access to all of our journalism completely free. I'm also going to put a link in the episode description to a short film about the future of the travel industry and whether holidays will ever be the same. It's just seven minutes long. And I think if you found today's podcast interesting it's really worth your time that's all from me today stay subscribed to this feed to make sure you don't miss my next episode the timing of which is a little more up in the air than most weeks because of my foolish french holiday plans nonetheless if you're finding these podcasts useful and you do want me to make more please do take the time to leave a short review on apple Podcasts. huge thanks to sean in london freen12345 and mavin who did just that recently i really hope those aren't your real names for your sake it really helps other people find out about the show And if you'd like to get in touch, email me. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 